Hello and welcome to your Mindful Hour podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Marks. I interview people of different walks of life that each have some kind of meditation or mindfulness practice to see how it works for them. Today on the show, I have the honor of chatting with Holly Payton, also known as Lev, a very talented electro-pop musician who also has a really committed meditation practice. One of the coolest parts of this conversation for me was listening to how Holly blends meditation and music as part of her own unique meditation practice. It reminds me how important it is to be your own person, not only in life, but also in your meditation practice. It's great to give yourself that freedom to explore. So often we can get caught up in the formality or rigidity of a meditation practice, and that does not have to be the case. Come join us as we talk about life and music and hummus. So good to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for making time this morning for us. Uh, thank you for having me on, Melissa. I'm really excited to chat with you. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Well, so I always like to give a slight context to how guests become a part of the show. And it, this was just, uh, we have uh, actually a couple mutual friends and yes. and one of those wonderful, wonderful people introduced us. And, you know, as I've put this out there and asked friends of mine who I think are really connected and connectors and in a meditation practice, asking people, hey, who do you know that's really kind of interesting and cool that has a meditation practice? And you were... You were one of those people that got mentioned, and I said, yeah, she seems awesome. I'm so glad. Well, I am so glad to get to chat with you, and I've really enjoyed hearing about what you do as well. I think it's really cool that you do this podcast. Mm, Thank you, Holly. Well, cool. Well, let's kick it off by um, having you tell us about you. Who's Holly? All right. Well, um, so... I'm almost 34, so I've um, I grew up in a really small town in East Texas. Where? Um, do you? Uh, it's right outside of Tyler, Texas. Actually. Okay. Very small town. If you blink, you miss it. Um, it's it's very. There's like one gas pump in the whole town. No oh my god! Lines. Yeah. What's it called? The name of this little small town. Maydale is the name Maydale. of it. Maydale. Yeah, and I don't even know if you could consider it a town necessarily. Huh. Um, you basically had to drive, you know, ten to fifteen minutes into town anytime you wanted to go anywhere. I love it. Okay, you, you yeah. grew up in Maydale. Yeah, Maydale, Texas. Um, 
I have um, three siblings. Um, we're, we were all pretty interested in music. Um, my two brothers play, you know, they're, they started music as well as children. And as how I, I started singing when I was five, I started singing in public um, for the first time, like in church, of course, I think that's where I feel like everybody starts out. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I really was very interested at such a young age. I remember being five and being very sure of my future. Like I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to do, you know, be a musician. This is it for me. Like I just knew even practicing my songs to sing for people. Like I just, that's what I wanted to do. And so um, when I was seven, I wrote my first song and then I started writing like short stories and um, I honestly never quit. Um, mm. then I wrote, um, I journaled daily. I always had journals growing up and that is one of my practices to this day. So my notebooks, I used to call them, you know, my best friends because they, mm-hmm. they never, they were never mean to me and I could say anything on these to my notebooks. And so, um, I feel like that has been such a big part of who I am, honestly, is communicating and writing my feelings down on paper. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I got old. Um, I was, you know, in high school, I was in choirs and um, sang music always. And then as I got older, um, there was a point in my, you know, about three or four years in my early 20s where I kind of didn't do anything with music. Um, and kind of hit it more just like no one knew I did it. And I, I just was in a weird stage of my life where I kind of gave it up for a second, but I was like, okay, I can't do this. It was kind of where I was searching for who I was. And I was like, well, you know, I can't, I, I've realized in the end that I had to have it. Like there was something really mm-hmm. missing in my life. So um, I immediately, I was in a relationship and that's when I kind of, kept it on the back burner and didn't say much about it. And then when I got out of that relationship, I went full force and wrote, um, wrote an album and then went to Nashville and, um, started recording it and, um, kind of got looped in there and was working on that music project. And so that really kind of started, I kept going with that for a little while and then, um, How old were you when when you wrote that album or, or produced that album? Um, I was twenty two years old when mm-hmm. I started that mm-hmm. that album. Um, you know, I gotten I gotten some pretty good opportunities in Nashville when I was there. The only problem was they wanted me to be pop country, and I, I, I'm. It's confusing because I speak with a Texas kind of country accent, but I do not sing with one. Mm, so, interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so it gets a little confusing when you're in Nashville because that is country, you know, music capital of the world to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my heart was not in it. So in the midst of recording this album, there were songs that I wrote, but yet they were getting turned into the pop country side. And I was just like, whoa, I 
my heart just knew my gut was telling me like, this is not, I can't sing these songs day in and day out and like love them because they're, I'm kind of getting turned into something that I wasn't. And so the opportunities, Mm -hmm. you know, I had were either you're a pop country or you're kind of nothing right now with these particular contact contacts. Mm -hmm. Like, so I could, I could go and, and go down the pop country lane if I wanted to kind of, you know, get further into it. Um, but I just, man, I was like, I can't like my, I just knew if contracts were going to get involved and I was going to go further and get put more investing into this career, I had to do what I wanted to do at the core of it. That's great. not, you know, and you know, I was so young. I was so young doing this by myself there. Um, with investors and people that were on my team, you know, and you just kind of, you don't really know how to, the music business is intense. You really don't know how to keep your head above water. So you're just doing it trial and error. So at that point I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to turn it all down right now because I don't like what my music is sounding like. So good for you. Wow. I mean, I just want to, can I, can I pause and just compliment that? Because Uh, that's still a very young person, 22 years old. And to have a real sense of, as you said, in your gut and in your heart, you just knew it wasn't you. And to, to have that grounding and anchoring inside yourself a voice within you um, because I'm sure it was quite tempting on, on some other level. Right. Cause this was a, a dream uh, of yours. Yes. A hundred percent. It was, that was the thing is I was a small town girl who never ever thought I would even get that far. Mm-hmm. And when I did, I was like, well, do I just take what I can get right now? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I had, you know, I had a mentor kind of at the time, um, Steve Perry, no um, kidding. Steve Perry, not from Journey, but oh, okay. Faith Hill's brother, Steve Perry. Oh, but still, yeah. Faith Hill's brother. Wife, yeah, right? <laughs> he, him and his wife were took me under their wing for that time that I was there, and they were so great to me. And he he gave me the best advice that because he knew, you know, he knew he had kind of seen how things were going, and he said, you know, you're so young and you have a lot of time left to do, to really make the music you want to do. I felt like your heart is really not into it mm-hmm. like it should be. And, you know, with the industry, once they get you and they're going to make you what they want to make you. And if, mm-hmm. you, if you're not good with that, you've got all the time in the world to try to do this the way you want to do it. And honestly, and, you know, he said before, you know, you go into these meetings, you think about it. And, and I took his advice and I was, I did and got on the plane and just kind of closed the door to that pop country world. Cause I knew, and that was the longest plane ride home I had ever had in my life going, mm. what did I do? Like, wow. but you know, I was, I came home from that. I was pretty down for a while and did not pick up my guitar for Oh man, I put it under the bed because it was kind of a wounding. I put it under the bed, didn't look at it for quite some time because I was like, whoa. So uh, a few years went on and I just started, you know, playing music again because I couldn't leave it. And then um, I started writing again. I was like asking myself, what kind of music do do I really want to make and who am I? And yeah, and then when I was uh, 27, 28, I started 
I was about 27. Um, 28. I really started writing uh, electro pop music because that's really what I wanted to to do. And I really thought, well, how is anything going to happen like Nashville again for me? That's so hard. I have to have investing. You know, I go to the to the part of uh, what I don't have, and I don't know how I'll get it. So I might as well not even start. You know. So uh, yeah, and that's where my mind goes. Okay. Yes. I'm like, oh, why? Right. Yeah, yeah, right. I think this is so many people. They're like, "Why even start? It can't happen." Mm-hmm. Um, but you so proved that wrong. So <laughs> I did. You you had those those uh, limiting thoughts, which is normal, when, especially when we're about to undertake something really huge and you know means so much to you. So, but you get you you got back in and started writing again and started making some of this music that felt authentic to you. I did. I wrote. Yeah, I literally, you know, I literally started writing um, this album and just started recording. Like I just started literally recording these songs and making them. And and then honestly, once I just started, the rest fell into place after that. Mm, And and now that's without saying that bumps did not come with that the electro pop world but um I started writing yeah and that's kind of how I ended up here today along I never really stopped and I don't plan on stopping but that's yeah that's a little little oh, back story love it Holly I love it and I really love how much you really did just stay true to you and you've said it a, a couple different times that even when you were a little little girl you just knew you were supposed to be doing this yeah. and you couldn't shake it you know even when you did put the guitar under the bed it was like yeah ah, we can't that can't stay forever because it sounds like it's a part of who you are as okay I don't want to put words in your mouth but would you say it's what your soul is supposed to be doing Oh, uh, without a doubt. Like I, it's, it's definitely what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's why when I would, you know, leave it and put the guitar under the bed, like my soul was dying. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't thriving anymore in my outlet, you know, because there's still that thing inside of me that I knew that music was what, what I was going to do. Like I just, and you know, as much as I've tried to shake that dream, because, you know, I feel like all my dreams and goals are always like the most hardest impossible ones. You know, the ones that are like, you know, the music business is so hard. All of them are like that, but I'd still, I can't stop. And it's part of my life. It's almost like the choice. The alternative is that your your soul either withers away and dies or you give it a go because exactly you know the other is just too is worse in terms of pain so you you've you almost hate you're like all right you know this is me I'm I have to go for it and you've been very successful let's talk a, a moment about your your stage name or or tell tell us about Lev and and what that's all about and Lev and Holly and where do they intersect yeah so um, my, when my stage name, my artist name is Lev, which means lion in Czechoslovakian. And cool. I, I know, right. So I have a tattoo on my wrist of a lion and I actually had that before I even became Lev, um, as my stage name. Um, lions are just 
a spirit animal for me, like birds and lions or spirit animals for me. So I knew that I wanted something really powerful, courageous, but yet simple for an artist name um, that was, you know, marketable, catchy, but also something that really resonated with me and kind of like this other side of me. Like Lev is kind of what I call my alter ego in this weird sense because, you know, for so many years, um, Holly, and I'm referring to this as Holly and Lev because um, Holly, which is myself, I stayed really I almost molded to what people wanted me to be because I wasn't sure of like who I was supposed to be, who I needed to be. I'm like, okay, well, what, let me be who you want me to be because clearly that'll get me to where I need to go to, you know, in the music industry or just in my life. So I would kind of stay behind the shadows a lot and, you know, and just kind of be what people, each person I would talk to wanted me to be out of just trying to people please or I was, um, I didn't, I was so afraid, like I was raised in a very religious home, you know, so there's this one-sided part of like Christianity and like, so you kind of keep who you are closed down because you don't want to rock the boat. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, and so I was afraid to be who I was because I knew, so many people would not approve or they would have their opinions. And so I don't like confrontation. And so I just would be really kind of, you know, kind of passive and wouldn't rock the boat. And so when I, the first song that I ever wrote for Lev, the Lev album was called Shadow. And it's all about me coming out behind the shadows. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the tagline is that, um, will you forget me? Will you remember out of the background into the open? And that's because like Lev is the lion in me. It's powerful. And that was really the moment in my life where I was like, you know what? I am not going to live the rest of my life. Not saying this is who I am. This is what I believe, not what I was raised to believe and what my families believe and my friends, but what Holly believes and what Lev believes. And I so love it's, it. it's I almost like Lev is that that strong core of who you are that yes. helps you return that helps you return back to you. So, yes. so that the Holly it, it kind of um gets gets up to the same vibration level as Lev. That exactly. Lev Lev is almost like you said your your spirit guides yes. to get you more fully uh, integrated as a human being so that you can be that person that fearless person because when you know your music is wonderful your stage Aww. presence is wonderful like I can see Thank that you. that Lev has been a teacher for you to uh. to, to help you be your best self so um there's so many different questions I have about Lev and, and all of that, but I know that our time will just literally go away if we, if of uh, course. There's so many like little things I want to um, ask you. So, okay. Yes. So clearly you've been um, a musician since you were a kid. Yeah. And when did meditation come into your life? Meditation came into my life when I really, when my music career um, with Lev really took well really launched um actually it launched and that came with a lot of stress like um a lot because you know there's private investing there's a lot of money on your you know your shoulders to make all this happen and you have a team behind you and 
you know, you start getting turned down and the stress becomes so much. And so I, at that point, I was like, whoa, I've got to do something. Something's got to radically change. I've got to figure out a way to cope with this and like how to keep this stress at bay. Um, I struggle with depression and um, anxiety and panic attacks. And so, you know, with the music, I would start to get a, I would not sleep at night for like a few years. Um, Mm. I would not sleep at all. So that's when I was like, okay, I can either throw something to cover the symptoms of all of this, or I can actually figure out how to do something. So that's when I started researching and going, okay, what, what would be good for me? And for my lifestyle and meditation is what I started really honing in on. And that's when I started it, the practice. Yeah. So cool. So uh, roughly what year was that, Holly? That would be, so 2015. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, middle of 2015, summer of 2015 is when I started really getting into it more. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get into meditation for exactly the same reasons that that there's stress. I mean, I don't, gosh, I don't, I talk to so many different kinds of people with all sorts of different life paths, professions. And I really can't tell you that I've met anyone who hasn't struggled at some point with stress. And I mean, it's so, it's just almost interwoven into our our go, go, go culture. So um, thank you for just, you know, just putting that out there because I promise you, as you well know, I mean, you're not alone and so many people can relate to that. When, when did um, your music and your meditation practice, did they ever start to kind of feed off each other in, in a way? Like, did you learn anything about music that came from your meditation practice? You know what? I actually did. Um, through, through the, you know, through the Lev stuff, it's really easy to get caught up in right. For me, it is uh, for writing for a purpose of this is work. This song needs to be a hit song. This needs to be a moneymaker song. This needs to be good for licensing and sync. And so I would always start writing music with this goal, which would put so much pressure on me mm-hmm. and would take the joy out of it. So then I wouldn't want to write anything for fun mm-hmm. and anything for artistry and an outlet. It was just for work. And then when I couldn't get the song I wanted to come out to be this formula pop song, I would just be like, oh, I'd get so upset, mad at myself. And then it would start in the spiral. So once meditation came into play and I started resting my mind, I actually, to find the joy again in just playing and writing, I actually would get my guitar and meditate. And this and this may not be the most correct way at times to meditate, but I would play my guitar and just sing meditate, close my eyes and sing whatever came out. Like That is beautiful. Yes. Oh my God. No. And for, there's nothing about that being incorrect. I mean, I know that there people can get real spun around. Like, is your spine straight? Is is this here? Yes. Yes. But, but I am of the school of thought that absolutely, I mean, those are guideposts and yes, there's reasons for them, but oh my God, that's the most beautiful thing 
that you're describing. So please continue. Oh, your yeah. guitar and just play yes. and meditate. Oh my God. I would. And it actually, you know, and, and for all the people that are going to listen to this, and if you do know me, you're probably, or if you thought you knew me, I'm going to say something that's probably a little hilarious and you might go, oh, okay, she's losing me here. But I really <laughs> believe, I, I believe so much in Mother Earth. And I believe um, in, in so much in protecting her. And I was meditating and, and was playing music. And I was just writing song. Like I was writing a song during my meditation practice to Mother Earth um, through this. And it was one of the most, I, I was in tears after I was done and mm. writing this song about Mother Earth and what she did for me even growing up, like the trees and nature and that was taking me into trances because as a child, you know, I would, I wrote my first song under this humongous sycamore tree that we had in our front yard because that was what I felt like God was to me and nature was God to me. So I would watch the leaves blow in the wind and just lay on the San Augustine grass and I remember thinking, these are all my friends. These, this is God. This is surrounding me. And so I, when I would start to play music um, and meditate with my guitar, it would take me back to these times of, of going back into thinking about this sycamore tree and Mother Earth. And it would just take me into a beautiful, like, meditation trance and calm me, you know, at my home when there's so much chaos and stress going on. And I was so hopeless during some of this stuff with my music career that that really doing that saved me and really brought the joy back of, Hey, I don't, I can pick up the guitar and just do this anytime I want to and meditate and let it take me somewhere and that's how I really kind of found the joy again was also through meditation with my music. That is really, really, really beautiful. Um, have you shared that with a lot of people? No, I, I have not because I think people already think I'm kind of weird. Um, but <laughs> well, I think... Well, welcome to this you know, show. This yeah. show is all about the weird. So. <laughs> no, that's what I love about this show is I feel like I can talk about mother earth and all that. I think if people look at my social medias, my Instagram, you think, Oh, she's a pop singer, the normal looking, you know what I mean? That life. If you look at people's social media, you Mm -hmm. kind of have a different opinion. Mm -hmm. So if people see that they're probably like, Oh, okay. I know what kind of type she is, but if they actually heard me right now talking about all this, they're like, Oh, what? (laughs) But I think, I think it's an important part to to talk about because that's how we're connected to source you know to inspiration I mean we're especially as an artist or a musician this is not something you power through and cognitively knock out a song I mean it's going to be devoid of of emotion purpose meaning something higher and bigger than you and so through meditation and and you're I think of it as kind of like a hybrid uh, invitation or in uh, invocation of you allowing the music to come through you and you you take yes. your guitar and it's not about Holly like crafting a song the ego Holly like yeah. all right like here's <laughs> a money maker let me do it right yes it's it's about 
no, it's about something completely different. And um, does does aligning yourself with breath do anything in that process? Do you find that that do you get a sense of being more in the present moment or in the zone or as musicians would say in the pocket, you know, cause there's, there's that, that place where you're right in time. You're not ahead of time. You're not behind time, but you're really in a flow state with the music. Is, does that anything that kind of happens for you when you're creating? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, 100%. I know when I hit a flow state, when I'm in in music, I know when I hear certain tones and certain music, especially with cinematic music, I, I can always get into a flow state even then. And I, breath work is such a beautiful thing as well. Like you mentioned breath work. I actually, my vocal coach told me like before I go on in on stage to go by myself in a corner and just do breath work, like meditation before I go out on stage to kind of center myself and get into a flow state. And that's been super helpful. And, you know, even when I'm meditating just on my own with music, like when I was writing that song, you know, just for Mother Earth or whatever came out, I kind of get the same, when I get into a flow state, I kind of get the same feeling I do when I'm just sitting and meditating. And I know I went into a flow state because I personally, I feel like I'm floating and my mind is no, is not focused on time mm-hmm. or anything at that point. Like I'm just floating and I'm just existing right mm-hmm. where I'm at. So I get there. What is the name of this song that you created about Mother Earth? What's the name of that? I literally, I never wrote it down. I never, because I, yeah, it was a freestyle song. Like I just wrote it in the moment and it was me writing a song. It was just called Mother Earth if I had to title it. I just wrote a song thanking Mother Earth for protecting me and what she gives to the earth, our food and our nourishment, our environment, and what as a child protecting me and, and showing me who she was then. And um, yeah, I never, because, you know, that was kind of part of that thing. Like I didn't get rigid and write it all down. I just let what needed to happen mm-hmm. during that meditation just happen. That's and, really, really beautiful. In terms of your meditation practice, what do you, how do you find that that, um, do you, do do you meditate every day? Do you do it in the morning? Do you kind of do it whenever you want to? How, how does it fit into your life? Well, so my, my goal is always to try to meditate every day. And I mean, there's definitely days where I don't make it, but there are many where I do. And so what, um, what I, what I, when I first, you know, kind of started meditating and I like a lot of people, I think do this with the gym and fitness and all these goals are like, they want to go real big or go home, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when they don't accomplish this huge goal, they want to fail and they want to stop and they're like, I can't do it at all. So Instead of me going, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna meditate 30 minutes every day, I've started small, and this is what I've been doing um, in more recently to help me 
to get it done every day. And so far it's been great. So I set myself, I say, okay, every morning, I like doing mine in the mornings. Um, mm-hmm. after I've had coffee and I've journaled, um, I have I either journal before or after my meditation is what usually I try to do. Um, and I say, I'm going to meditate at least 10 minutes daily. Mm-hmm. And no matter where that's at, if I don't make it in the mornings, you know, I've even done it in my car. Mm -hmm. So for 10 minutes, like, you know what I mean? To center myself. So if I, if I have time, so I tell myself 10 minutes at least, if I have days where, you know, I ran out of time and I don't have long, 10 minutes is a great option. If I have most of the time, it is longer than 10 minutes. But um, then if I have more time and I, you know, I go longer. I go longer for sure when I can. I like doing, I love to do 30 minutes. That's kind of a sweet spot for me. I've, um, I, I do, I do like the 30 minute one for some reason for me, but 10 is great too, because 10 is I'm showing up is what I tell myself, Mm -hmm. no matter what I'm showing up and it's a practice and it's a good habit forming and into the sense of like, Hey, I'm giving myself permission. Like it's okay. If you can't do 30, Mm -hmm. 10 is great and it centers myself. So that's kind of how I do that on a daily practice. I love it. How often do you do that bringing in the guitar piece where, because it's just a beautiful hybrid of, of who you are. It seems like, you know, I honestly, I would say once a week is about when I do like more of a, a guitar kind of meditation. It's usually when I have like, downtime and I'm just in, I'm in my loft and I'm just playing the guitar myself. And then I, I, I usually do it because I feel it. Like, I'm like, I need this. Like the, the anxiety and the stress kind of gets to me and I need this. Um, and so it's been averaging about once a week with my guitar, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where I pick it up and I just hang out and play and just sing whatever comes out. And I, I would, I would, so. I hope you start recording those because I have, I a, oh my God. Yeah. I have a feeling that the, there's a lot of wonderful little nuggets and gems and in those moments is so beautiful. Well, I can definitely start doing that. That's probably a great idea, actually. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad something good has come of this conversation. No, I'm kidding. Yes, <laughs> no, of course it is. Of course. Joking. Um, but because it's, I love this notion of when when people are meditating. There, there's a saying that goes something like, "Let the breathing breathe you," or something of that yeah. sort. That like just allowing the breathing to happen. That you're not really, you're not the one breathing. Really, you're just right. the one that's allowing the breathing to happen. Sort of the same as how I'm picking up on the guitar part. It's let the playing play you right you're you're just this open vessel and a blank slate a blank canvas and allowing the moment to come in and guide you uh creatively so i i think it's really really cool and it really kind of an interesting insight into the creative process i think that's usually one area that people are really interested in when they're 
when they're talking to or wanting to learn more about their favorite musicians or artists, mm-hmm. it's like, what, tell us about the creative process. How does that work? What does that look yes. like? And that's such a neat thing that is very intrinsic to you. Well, who do you, who do you listen to now? Like what, do you listen to the same type of genre that you perform or are you, is your musical taste more eclectic? How would you describe it? Um, well, so I definitely listen to a lot of electronic music, like electronic pop, um, more of like, um, a lot of eighties inspired electronic indie music. I love indie cool. music. Um, so I like, I, I love cinematic music, like TV and film scoring music. Um, I love that. I, I make playlists, you know, that I have that play all the time. That is, that is awesome. And just as a quick aside, the other day out of nowhere, I was, I had a song going through my head. You know how that's often a a funny thing too. It's like, where the hell did that song come from? Because it wasn't played anywhere, but it was, um, now I'm blanking on it. It was from the eighties. Oh, I think it was Beverly Hills cop with, um, with Eddie Murphy. (laughs) And yeah, you know that that uh, that song. I'm totally blanking on this. Dang it! And I had it in my head too for so long. But it was that like, oh, I'll have to figure it out later and let you know. But yeah, just yes, those I those old '80s electronic songs. Like, what what's something that comes to mind from that period that you loved? Uh, well, <laughs> I love that that song. It was actually on the breakfast club don't forget about me like simple minds simple minds yeah Yeah. it was a yeah don't forget about me or don't forget um yes that's it i love that song like, you needed to be singing that not me oh my god <laughs> i really enjoyed singing back up yeah. No, I love that. That is, I love that song growing up. And I still, when that comes on, I, oh man. Oh, that's so great. That yeah. I love that song. Um, I, I listened to a lot of like, uh, John Denver. Uh, no kidding. Denver. Yeah. I, I, he is very big inspiration to me. Really? Yeah, I know. It's very hard to believe that because is that the East Texas, it. the East Texas girl in you, maybe, you know what? I think it's because I feel like his connection to earth and nature is very much like mine. And, um, I always, that came through in his songwriting for me. And I just love that about him. So I always love to listen to him as well. Um, and I, I listen to a lot of indie bands too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Indie mm-hmm. bands because there's some amazing music out there that will probably never get heard that should get credit. And so, yeah, I listen to a plethora of that. I would say nice, nice. And I love and I love the fact that your your East Texas roots are are so connected and strong. And it makes me think about a couple other women from that area that have great music careers Miranda Lambert yeah Musgraves yeah I know they're obviously more country but um yeah that that's kind of a neat little area I'm sure there are other folks that you may know of that are 
kind of grew up around where you grew up that are making their way in the music business? Oh, yeah, there is. There's some good talent that come out. I would say Miranda and Casey are probably the biggest ones mm-hmm. for sure that have come out of East Texas. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, I grew up on seven acres of pine trees, and so – Oh. It was, I had a lot of nature to play with. And so I mm-hmm. always enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. So my last question for you would be this. If you did not have meditation in your life, how do you think your music would be or your life would be if you didn't have it? Oh, man. I, I would probably, I would not be sleeping Oh, that's sad. Still, yeah. yeah, I would not be sleeping at night and worry all through the night. I would, um, you know, I would just really be a stress ball, like mm-hmm. because I know what I was like without it, and mm-hmm. I, I just, I didn't, I was not, I didn't love who I was without it. Um, mm-hmm. It was a very worrisome and tiresome, stressful time without it and not saying that I don't get that because I definitely get that but still but now I've got something to combat it with with meditation and so Mm um I would just I would just be very stressed all the time and I would worry a lot I'm a worry I'm a worrier kind of by nature me too girl (laughs) it's a full-time job right oh my god yeah if 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 we'll have them they'll they'll come in and take over they'll take over that that wheel oh they gladly come in they are it's like the it's like the family that never leaves after Christmas holidays (laughs) they just stay so yeah so I I definitely would not be as centered and calm is I can, I know I can get to with meditation. Beautiful. I'm a hamster wheel, I think. Yeah, well, I can totally, totally relate. That's, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of one of my big blessings from meditation too, was that's kind of how I got into it was I was had an overactive mind that was bent towards worry and mm-hmm. stress and anxiety and realizing that I can be the observer of, of those thoughts and mm-hmm. actually let those thoughts uh, not take the wheel. It's, yes. fine if, it's fine if they come in and out. That's, that's normal, as you were saying. But something else has grown in its place, which is that thing that we've been talking about all day, which is the anchored self, the self that is rooted in something bigger than oneself that connects you to something, which then becomes your sense of self, your new sense of self. But it, it, you kind of almost have to let go of like clinging, you know, our grip around the bat a little bit, mm. that, that loosening uh, is, is then the invitation for a more connected sense of self. So it well, sounds like you, yeah, well, well yeah, no, I'm just uh, picking up you know, what I'm, what I'm getting from you. So thank you so much for sharing this because, you know, my whole purpose of, of doing the podcast is the, you know, for so many people, we, we, we see the, uh, the finished product. Like we see your, your, your music, which by the way, I really, really like, and I like the song breathe a lot. Okay. I, I would love to hit on that song. I don't know if I've told you this before, before I've talked to you, but that song is actually was written about, I was having a panic attack, like a very bad one actually. And that, 
song, the chorus um, was the advice I was giving to myself. Beautiful. Breathe in and breathe out. Everything around me is caving in. But that is that song is actually about a panic attack and how the meditating and the laying, like breathing in and breathing out. Like I took myself when I was in that panic attack, I took myself in like the scenery into the mountains of the desert. And I was pictured myself laying there telling myself to breathe in and breathe out while I was meditating. And that was the picture I created in my head during that panic attack to get out of it. No kidding. Wow. That was in 2015 when I wrote that too. Wow. That was also the start. Yeah. Of your meditation journey. That's yeah. And I, and I haven't released it on until now. I just released it this year. That was recorded and written in 2015 and it just came out. Okay, question on that. Was yeah. there a reason that you held off? Was it too vulnerable to to put out there until recently or was it just a timing issue? Well, it was not vulnerable, but it was a timing. It was a timing issue okay. um, when I released everything else. But um, I was going to release it back in 2015 as a single and things kept getting pushed and I never did. And I even had the single artwork, like it was ready to go up in distribution and, you know, other things had happened and it just kept getting pushed and like, oh, we're going to release remixes instead of, so there was never time. And so honestly, I think it came out at at the perfect timing because I'd gotten further along in my meditation practice to really go back to that song and go, wow. It is kind of like a a thing for me now when I released it and I hear it, I'm like, this needed to come out now because it's, it's a song that to let me know, to, to help me remember everything that was going on during that time. Beautiful. And what a beautiful gift to share that with other people to really receive that. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, well, thank you so much, Holly. I I enjoyed getting to learn more about your artistry and your creative process and where meditation fits in with it. And you're such a a beautiful soul. You're a beautiful person inside and out. Yeah. And um, just again, thank you on Really excited to eat hummus with you. Oh, I am too. Thank you for having me on this show. And I have I have so enjoyed talking to you. Um, I really have. Like, Thank you. You have such a great um, spirit about you when you interview and ask questions. And so mm. I really appreciate you having me on and doing what you do. Um, that's beautiful that you bring awareness and that you want to hear it from other people that are in different walks of life. So thank you for doing that. Oh, thanks for saying that, Holly. I appreciate it. Okay, girl, let's turn the corner. Let's do the hummus thing. Let's do it. Okay, this is the coolest. I mean, I hate to, it's not like a, like who's got the coolest hummus deal, but for right now, (laughs) you've you've captured my attention, okay? Okay. I'm going to let you, I'm going to tee it up. I'm going to let you introduce what we're doing right here. Okay. Cause this is all you, this is your idea and I love it. Okay. Okay. So my favorite hummus, so we'll call this, what did you call this? That when you have hummus, oh, hummus among us, the hummus among us, yes. <laughs> hummus among us time. Um, yes. I, um, I buy the engine two brand. It's only at whole foods. It's an oil free hummus. 
Um, it's such a good hummus and, but they don't, you know, their whole thing is they don't use oil. They don't use a lot of salt. There's not a bunch of additives in it. So, um, I was eating it one day and I, oh, this has been a while ago. And I was like, you know what? I need a little bit more flavor to this. So I went and looked in the cabinet and had sriracha and I put sriracha all over it. And I have been eating it that way ever since. So we're having hummus, engine two hummus with sriracha on it. Yes. Okay. Thank you for the setup. That was great. I am about to shake because it's hummus. I'm sorry. The sriracha says you must shake well. So I'm going to shake. <laughs> but how much are you? I want to kind of go step in step with you. How much do you put on the, well, like, how do you do this? I put it on the top, like. I just kind of make, okay, you know, like a circle where you make like a circle and you keep going in the circle until oh, cool. like it looks like a bullseye kind of thing. Yeah. I do that on the whole top of it, the okay. top layer. And that's Done. Okay. Let me go for it. I'm going to, this might be more kick than Melly yeah. can do, but I'm going <laughs> to go sparingly. If I start, if I start coughing, don't, don't mind me. Okay. And then, uh, here's the disclaimer for those listening that don't like the sound of chewing. I was going to ask. Yeah, no, I always let people know that I, I believe we're at that point. Are you there? Are you about to yeah. Start I, okay. Yeah, but I need to know what you're gonna cook because I only have celery and these rice crackers. Oh, cool. Well, and they're crunched. Yeah, girl, we crunch it, crunch it out. Um, what are you doing? I'm I'm gonna do uh, cucumber. Okay. So for those listening, if you don't like the sound of crunching, please turn away and come back in about 20 <laughs> seconds. This is about to happen. Okay, I'm gonna do celery. Never gets old. Mm. What do you think, Melissa? Mm. I like it. Let me keep going. Okay. Man, I love hummus. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I mm. think for me, my spice level is is probably not at your level. Like you're probably like mm-hmm. hot, hot. Bring it, bring it. The lion, yes. you right? You're the yes. you're the lion. You're just like. <laughs> And I'm like, whoa, it's, if, if it were, if I were to do it again, I probably would put about one quarter of the sriracha that I did. Oh, you have to scrape it off. Right? No, but then I went ahead and mixed it all in. But I, I think that it does give it a, quite a bit of a kick and quite a bit of a flavor. And to your point with the um, lack of oil, uh-huh. there's a smoothness now that I think wasn't there before. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, I know it's a little hot. It's a little spicy if you're not used to it. So I like it though. I'm glad. It's a nice trick. No, that's so smart. Had you ever, have you seen anyone else eat hummus with sriracha before? Never. No. Neither. I love that. You know what? Sprouts actually has um, a sriracha hummus. I just saw. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. But they, they found out your secret, Holly. They did. I'm gonna cut back on that. <laughs> I want royalty, right? Oh man, that was fun. That was good. Yo, thank you for that. And one of the silly things about this show is that everybody is bringing some kind of hummus to the table that I either never buy that hummus, or mm-hmm. like you, you 
created this whole new way of eating it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm constantly learning from the podcast and in particular about hummus. And well, you uh, have to do a show about hummus one day, like a an entire show. Yeah, like a, a separate podcast that is just talking about hummuses. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. There there's a um show that I just discovered on Netflix that's all about hummus and apparently it's like uh, what? Hum, hum yeah. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but it it's all about the fact that people from all different kinds of cultures apparently have a version of hummus and they kind of every everybody kind of does it differently, but it's oh. and it's all about that and I'm like, ah, I didn't I want to watch this. You have to send me the title of this. I want to watch that. Okay, well, tell you what. I'm going to do show notes for yes. for this podcast and I'll include that in there along with all of your stuff and actually so I know where to grab all your things and post them. But yes. how about we end with, is there anything that you want to let people know about that's maybe an upcoming project or a show or anything on the horizon that that you would like to share? Yeah. I mean, I am um, a couple of things. So I have a, pro- um, a project I'm working on. Um, I'm releasing um, an EP with a producer and friend out in LA. He's an EDM producer. So I'm doing like a kind of a crossover of EDM and my pop electro pop music. And we're going to release um, an EP together this summer. And then, cool. yeah, it's really been really fun. Um, and then on March the 23rd, I'm playing a show at uh, the Granada. Oh, I love the Granada. Wonderful. Yep. Okay. Yep, the Granada. So yeah, playing that on March the 23rd. Excellent. Who are you playing with that night? Um, there are, I have not gotten all the confirmations of bands. Um, I believe Remy Riley is on the bill and I do not know the other two just yet. Um, it's called, it's an event called Girls Club. Oh, heck yeah. And yeah. And so, um, I'm hosting the night and I'm also playing. So oh. it'll be, it'll be a really fun show. Um, I dance a lot on stage. So if, you know, if anybody wants to come and dance in the crowd with me, that would be great. So, I want to. I, want I to would come. love it. Come okay. on, girl. I'm okay. I would love to see you there. Okay, done. Uh, if okay. if I'm, I know I'm going out of town a little bit later in the month. So if it's not that weekend, then I'm in. So yeah, awesome. expect to see. Expect yes. to see. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Holly, well, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for awesome. sharing. Yeah, sharing you uh, with us, and I uh, appreciate you so very much. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. Bye. you enjoyed my conversation with Holly. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and let me know what you thought. I'll be back in a couple weeks with a new guest and another perspective on the meditation experience. Till then, love yourself and love others. Mm-hmm.